Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Beer Show, the show about making and drinking beer for fun. I'm your host, Adam, and uh, here we are. We're at it again, folks. We're at it again. We're at, this is what this is probably what the fourth or fifth, fourth episode, fourth episode, and uh, yeah, we're fucking getting after it. Um, we're gonna do uh, this episode. I think we're gonna go. We're gonna go. It's I don't know if we're, maybe this will be something of a series. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make, I mean, I imagine something that, like similar sort of subjects will come up in the future, but it's a versus series uh, where I, I take and I evaluate things in the homebrewing hobby that are related, um, equipment, ingredients, uh, you know, sort of processes, uh, styles, whatever, things that are similar and sort of weigh them against each other and give the pros and cons of doing this, using that, fucking with this putting that up your ass, doing whatever, and uh, hopefully when we come out the end, and like I said, this isn't the gospel truth, for fuck's sake, all you nerds out there freaking the tits out about, oh, but you're not, this is the, uh, but what about, uh, and then just like, bing, boom, wahoo, all the way to fucking, yeah, you're right, I'm not fucking, I'm not, I'm not God, I'm not homebrew God, but this is just some shit that, through my experiences and how I understand shit, this is my sort of pros and cons list for these sorts of things. So today we're talking about, though, um, we're talking about systems, home, uh, contemporary homebrewing systems. Basically, the the easiest ones to get your hands on or the easiest ones that you could uh, sort of cobble together and use to start brewing your own beer. So I'm going to go through uh, the traditional three-vessel, uh, the standard brew in a bag, and then the electric all-in-one. Um, I have all three, I've done all three, and like I said, I'm going to go through the pros and cons of each one, and then maybe, hopefully, that'll kind of influence your decision on which way you want to go, um, if you want, if you're getting into the hobby, or if you're already in it, and you're like, the shit I'm doing sucks, you know, I gotta try something else, or whatever, um, maybe this will influence you one way or the other, so, um, (coughs) oh, God, (coughs) oh, fucking, a little bit of Fucking globula something flew down my fucking windpipe or Jesus Christ just about died. All right. Um, so without further ado, um, well, wait a minute. I almost always forget. We got to get into the beer show show beer. All right. And, uh, today's beer show show beer is, uh, this, this is kind of a unique one here. Um, had it before, but I uh, got it in cans. Not a homebrew today, guys. Sorry, sorry. Another episode, no homebrew. But like the title, I like I say in the fucking intro, it's about brewing and drinking beer, making and drinking beer for fun. So, 
Um, the one I got today, got it in a can. Um, this one's from way across the pond, all the way over in, over in the land of the rising sun there. Um, glorious Nippon, <laughs> uh, Japan. Um, from Kyuchi Brewery. Um, I believe I'm saying that right. Kyuchi. It is a Kyuchi Brewery. Um, I don't know why I had to do samurai voice, but samurai voice is tight, so that's why I did. Um, but it is uh, the... The Hitachino Nest Beer. It's got this cute little owl on their on their beers. It's a craft beer over in Japan, or a craft brewery over in Japan, and they're kind of doing some cool shit. Um, and this is their yuzu lager. Um, and for those who don't know, yuzu is a type of citrus fruit that grows over in that part of the world. Um, if I could describe it, it's like it's kind of lemony, but it's a little sweeter than a lemon. It like it resides somewhere between like lemon and orange, you know, it's kind of somewhere in there and it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. It's a really good citrus fruit and, uh, they make tons of stuff out of it over there, candies and, you know, and now they're making beer with it. So apparently this is a lager, um, and it's got yuzu brewed into it somehow and I've had it and it's fucking glorious, but I'm going to give you a, a live tasting and give you some, give you some notes on it. This shit cost me a pretty penny too. I I got it down. I was in um, I was down near Chicago. Went to a, an Asian market down there, and uh, they have uh, kind of a they had a liquor store section in the area, and so that's craft beer. So I went and perused, and um, they had fucking um, some of this cool shit, and I'd had it before, so I picked some up. Four pack, twenty five dollars. That's fucking. I got a t-shirt, old fucking homebrew for life, death before $18 four packs. How about death before $25 fucking Yuzu Lagers four packs? But, I mean, this is, there's just kind of a reason why. I mean, this is craft beer. It's fancy-ass beer coming from all the way the fuck over there, so. Oh, a little bit out of the can, but uh, let's get it. Let's get a whiff. Uh, citrusy is all fuck. I mean, it's Yuzu up front. I don't know in what capacity that they're brewing the with the yuzu or if they're just brewing a beer and then throwing in some yuzu juice or what. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that they're doing something like that because I don't know how you would impart this much citrusy yuzu flavor without just throwing in juice once the, once the beer was done. Um, extremely citrusy on the nose. It kind of has a sort of a... It, it does have that sort of pithy sort of smell of like, uh, you know, you're peeling an orange or something like that. It kind of has that sort of pithy bitterness to it a little bit. Um, looking at it, it's a, it's a nice pale gold color. Um, it's not very, they say it's a lager. It looks a lot like an ale. Maybe they, they make an ale and then they lager it or it, I mean, maybe they use lager yeast. I don't know. It definitely does not look like a traditional American lager, you know, like crisp, see-through sort of shit. I mean, it's crisp. Don't get me wrong. It's very crisp. But this thing's got a good amount of haze on it. And there's that, There's also just a tiny bit of some particulate floating around in there, too. But um, a nice a nice uh, creamy white head on the top. And we'll just uh, we'll get tasting notes right now. Super citrusy on the nose. That's pretty much dominated by yuzu smell. I get I get almost no hop smell, nothing else. Just yuzu, like fucking crazy. Mm. Damn, that's good. Um, in the mouth, crisp as all get out. 
yuzu, obviously, extremely yuzu-y, um, sort of that, just a tiny bit of that sort of pithy bitterness, you know, like that, that pithy sort of, that you kind of get from, you know, like some especially citrus cascade or some citra, um, it's kind of got that going, going on a little bit, almost no pine character or no, like, there, maybe just a tiny bit of some earthy bitterness or something like that, some, like, maybe some German nobles or something hanging out, hanging out in there, like some Hollertau or something, but, um, yeah, there's just, they really, I mean, they call it a yuzu lager, and they fucking mean it, man. They throw a bunch of yuzu flavor in there, and it tastes fucking great. So, uh, I'd advise anybody, if you if you, if you can hear some leaves rattling around out there, I'm out in my garage, and I got the door cracked. I don't really give a fuck, I'm not going to change it right now, but I apologize if that bothers anybody. And if that bothers you, I mean, Jesus Christ, check yourself. You got to fucking, priorities, man, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, yuzu lager. You can uh, if you can get your hands on it, you know, stateside here uh, from Cucci uh, Brewery, the the Hitachino Nest beer. It's got a cute little red owl on it and everything. I love, gotta love Japan for all their cute mascots and shit like that, you know. Five and a half percent alcohol, crushable. Um, it's fucking really good. It says on the can here in English, uh, plentiful use of Japanese yuzu gives this beer a delicate yet deep citrus flavor enjoy the refreshing acidity from yuzu and the crispness of a lagered beer so maybe it maybe it lagered beer maybe that means it is just a sort of an ale recipe and they just happen to lager it or the practice of lagering maybe i don't know but either way good as fuck so anyway plowing ahead off to our fucking uh off to our subject today um oh geez um let me fire up the old, uh, got some notes. Got had to organize my thoughts for this one, guys. It's a lot, there's a lot kind of to go with here. So, yeah, we're breaking down um, brew systems here. Um, sort of, like I said, the contemporary home brewing systems that exist uh, in this day and age. Your, your traditional three vessel, your traditional brew in a bag, and then your electric all-in-ones, um, which is kind of the new kid on the block. But it's fucking blowing up, man, that electric all-in-one. So we'll start with three-vessel, and I'll just go through pros and cons. I guess maybe I'll do I'll do a pro, then a con, a pro, then a con. I got like three or four pros and cons for each one of these. So, and like I said, for fuck's sake, this is by no means a fucking like, yet, like gospel truth. This is law. This is just... Purely my opinion, but it is an educated opinion because, like I said, I've done, I've brewed all three of these ways. I have all three of them. I've got plenty of experience doing it all three ways, and this is just the way I see it. And hopefully, my dumbass can impart a little bit of wisdom onto anybody who's trying to get into it. So, anyway, here we go. Three vessels. Start with three vessel. The good old standby. The good old tradition. Three vessel. This is. I suppose I better give a background as the. As to the uh, the particulars of these systems, three vessel systems, uh, three vessel system in home brewing is basically what it sounds like. It is a home brewing system that incorporates the standard three vessels that are needed to brew beer. It is basically, an ex- and like I've said in past episodes, home brewers for a long time have just aped what the commercial brewer does. 
And the commercial brewer has separate vessels for everything that you would need in a brewing process. So that's what the home brewer did. You need your hot liquor tank, your mash tun, and your boil kettle. And those are your three primary vessels that you would then use in the brewing process. You'd obviously, your hot liquor tank would be used to heat and keep water warm. And then your mash tun would be used for performing your mash. And then uh, you would then drain your... Drain your sweet wort from your mash tun into a boil kettle, sparge it, and get all those runnings as well until you get to the, your desired volume in your boil kettle. And then boil away, hop additions, cool it down, put it in the fermenter, ferment it out. You got beer. Boom. Um, but <clears throat> So, yeah, let's get to the pros and cons. I keep fucking, my phone keeps fucking uh, going to sleep on me here. Here we go. All right, three vessel pros. Um, the pros. First pro. I think, and this is my opinion, the three vessel is the easiest to scale up or down um, on. And it is, and the reason it is that way is because, um, I, don't, I guess how's the way, the way to put it is, if you know that you're going to do a three vessel, if you're going to go the three vessel setup, you can just go big right away. And you can then use that same equipment that you get to like, just because like, okay, I'm going to get in it and I want to be able to do 10 gallon batches right away. It's not like you can only do 10 gallon batches on a three vessel setup. You can do five gallon, three gallon, whatever the fuck gallon, whatever you want. It's just that you kind of just have a cap just like anything else would. It's not like, oh, I got a 10 gallon system and I want to brew 40 gallons. Oh, it's not going to work. But it is kind of the easiest to scale up or down. And there's the most flexibility with the sort of equipment you can buy for those three vessels. Um, You go out and I suppose traditionally what I see a lot of times is you have your hot liquor tank, which is just sort of a a large kettle that you can hold water in. Um, And then the mash tons, a lot of guys you're using lately, this day and age, a lot of guys are going out and getting those like igloo um, coolers, you know, those like the... The, or the Home Depot coolers that you see, like there are these 10 gallon coolers that are just made for holding a bunch of liquid. You like, you see them on the sidelines at like a Pop Warner football game or some shit like that, or like construction sites will have them for all the dudes like digging ditches and shit like that. And um, yeah, they'll like, they'll, you can remove the spigot that's already on those things, put in a ball valve, put in a false bottom, do all that sort of shit. And convert that into a mash tun because those things are incredibly good. It's basically a cooler with a spigot on it at that point. Incredibly good at maintaining temperatures for extended periods of time. Great for mashing in. So you have something like that. And then you have another kettle for boiling. Something maybe a little bit more robust with a tri-clad bottom. Or maybe you have a kegel. You convert an actual uh, you know, half-barrel keg into a brew kettle or a boil kettle. Um, that's what I did. That's what I know a lot of people have done. Works out great. Um, but yeah, that's the first pro I have on that three vessel setup. Like it's scalability is really easy on a three vessel setup as long as you go big at first. And as long as you have this sort of space that is necessary to dedicate to those, to that scaling, you know? Um, and on that note, that's the first con that space dedication. Um, these, this shit, especially if you go to that scale, I want to be able to do 15 gallons. I want to be able to do whatever, 10 gallon batches. Even this shit takes up the most space and requires a semi dedicated space to brew in. Traditionally, you get into the, you get into this shit at this level this big. 
it becomes a garage thing. I'm in my fucking garage right now. I'm right next to my fucking, my sort of table set up with my, I got my TV that hangs out above it. So I can fucking throw on brewing. I can watch homebrew for life or David Heath or fucking genus or any of those guys on YouTube while I'm getting a brew day going or some shit, fire up the hookah, chill with the bros and we fucking have a good time. But you got to pretty much dedicate a space or at least semi dedicate a space to that brewing area with the three vessel system because this shit it's big you know you can't just fucking fire it up wherever you you know and and on that same token you got to have uh you know i mean i yeah that's what i'm saying you, you got to have kind of a dedicated space for it this is you know and especially you're, you're dealing with like propane burners and shit you're not doing propane indoors i mean at least you shouldn't be anybody who is you're gonna burn your house down please don't do that um, but yeah, that's kind of a, a con where it's like, it's going to take up a period of, or a period. It's going to take up a portion of your domicile and maybe it'll only take up a part of it and you could kind of get sort of fancy schmancy and it can expand and whatever and storage options and stuff like that. But, uh, it's just, it's going to take up a lot of space. I guess that's a con, that's the con. So flipping it back three vessel pro the second one. Um, this is kind of a big one, I think, for guys in the, that, like, this doesn't seem like when you first hear it, um, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal. Um, but to homebrewers, it is. It is a big deal. Um, it's a, it's a very big deal for this. It's, it's, the three vessel probably has the most room for customization, the most room for DIY bullshit. Um, it's the, it's got the most room for, putting in a little bit of elbow grease and maybe finding something used on Craigslist or some shit like that. And it's got, it's basically, it's got, it has the most room for that. You know, it has the, there's a lot of aspects of the traditional three vessel setup that can be sort of jerry rigged to make shit work, or you can kind of customize and like my setup is different than everybody else's and all that sort of shit. Um, or you can just, you know, even with the three vessel, you could just straight up go Herms and have it all be turnkey and completely automated or whatever. I mean, there's, there's the most room for that sort of shit. And I, that's a big deal for homebrewers because homebrewing is like the ultimate DIY hobby. Everything about it is DIY. I mean, homebrewing is beer DIY. And then you can get super DIY about all of the, all of the shit you use to do the beer DIY. So it's, I, that's for the type of people who get into this hobby, that's kind of a big deal. And I think that that is a pro that the three vessel setup just allows for the widest, you, you cast the widest net and it allows for the, the most of that sort of thing. And I think that that's kind of a big deal. Whew, I had to wet my, wet my whistle. Um, the next con, second con of the three vessel setup. It's more shit to clean and store, man. We're, I already kind of just touched on it a tiny bit earlier, but it's just, it's more shit to clean. It's more shit to store and it's all big shit. If you, you know, if you kind of, if you scale up and you have the big options. And I've talked about in the past, homebrew cheat codes, there's ways to sort of mitigate the fact that you got to clean it or the, mitigate the cleaning times and shit like that. But it doesn't change the fact that you got to clean it. It's all shit that needs to be cleaned and that's a big part of brew day. Um, and some people hate that shit. Some people don't like that there's fucking, all right, now I got three big ass kettles I got to clean or I got fucking 
bunch of other dumb bullshit and I got to find a place to put it all and my fucking girlfriend or wife or whatever significant others fucking screaming at me because it's taken up a, a closet or whatever and we don't have all the space in the world or it's taken up the garage and now we can't park in the garage or whatever the fuck there's just the fact that it's all big and and you know kind of clunky and you know storage options are kind of limited and the shit gets in the way and cleaning shit is not fun and so that's that's all a con, really. I don't know of anybody. I don't know of anyone who's like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Cleaning shit is so tight." And then finding a place to put big shit is the tightest shit in the world. That's just those are just cons. Cons as fuck. All right, flipping it back to the other pro. Ugh, I had a little weird bubble in my throat there for a second. It sounded weird. This just sounded weird in my sounded weird in my gourd. Um. So yeah. Um. Last pro I got down. Um, and this one's kind of stupid. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's kind of like the little kid fucking advertisement for it or something like that. But it's like you're brewing like a pro. Um, you're essentially, when you do the three-vessel setup, even sort of a weird, you know, using the igloo mash ton and shit like that. You're, I mean, essentially, you are executing the process the same way a professional brewer does it, just on an extremely scaled-down scale. I suppose. Um, and so, I don't know, to some people that matters, to some people that makes them feel cool. And um, you could eventually modify your system to be even more pro. Like I said, you get all the way up to like Herm setups with just turnkey operation and shit like that. I mean, then you're really brewing like a pro, you know. And to some people, I know that that, that makes a difference. That matters. They want to fucking feel pro as fuck, and that's one way to do it. So that's that's a pro. Brew like a, that's a, that's a three-vessel pro. You brew like a pro. Um, okay. and then the last con, um, kind of goes into that brew like a pro thing. Um, you, if you want to scale up and brew like a pro and you get into the Herms and shit like that, um, potentially very expensive, Mr. Dink from Doug, <laughs> um, it's potentially very expensive. And it also, I mean, it had like, it, it, like I said earlier, it has the most room for DIY shit. So, I mean, a little bit of elbow grease, a little bit of fucking scouring the internet for shit used and stuff like that you can sort of mitigate some of that expense. But at the end of the day, if you want to go real big with it, this shit could get pricey real quick. So it is potentially the most expensive of the three, depending on how big and bad you want to go, um, which to some people might not matter. Fuck you, Adam. I'm rich as fuck. Beer show's, beer show's stupid. You're not rich, whatever. It's like, no, I'm not rich. I'm trying to save a buck every you know every so often here with this hot, because it is just a hobby. I, you know, like it's at the end of the day, I'm not making any money off of this shit. So it's, you know, I'm not trying to just take every last, I'm not trying to dump my savings into, you know, you know, check it out. I made a really good Pilsner guys. Isn't that, isn't it so awesome? Oh God, my car broke down and now I lost my job. You know, like that was the Pilsner worth it. Probably not. But anyway, yeah, potentially very expensive. Um, so that could, that's, I would, I view that as a con and I think most people would, but at the end of the day, it's only as expensive as you want to make it. And we, you know, I've been over it before. There are ways to sort of mitigate that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's, those are the, those are the, my three pros and cons for the three vessel setup and, uh, kind of give you a quick, uh, rundown of what that was. We'll move on to the next one. The next most contemporary, uh, brew in a bag. Um, the conventional brew in a bag, the traditional brew in a bag, where you're actually using a bag 
and all that sort of shit. Um, this shit kind of hit the scene, um, from what I understand, probably about a decade ago. The Australians were doing it. Australia and New Zealand, those guys down under. Hi, mate. Saw you brewing a beer over there. How about you make it a tea? All right. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good. I don't know if that's a good Australian. Oh, quit, hey, it's a nice beer you got over there, mate. Quit being a cunt and how about you share some? I don't know. I don't know if that's a good Australian. I know that they have weird inflections on there. Like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're brewing a beer? All right. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm done with that dumb shit. Anyway, brewing a bag. Yeah, it was kind of, they, they kind of started it uh, down under. Um, and brewing a bag is essentially... Um, somebody was just like, wait a second, we're just steeping grains. It's kind of like making tea. What if we just made a giant tea bag, filled it with crushed grains and just made a beer that way? And essentially that's, that's pretty much more or less the process. Um, and it eliminates a bunch of what were traditionally thought of as completely necessary processes in brewing beer. And it kind of has streamlined it like crazy and you can make damn good beer using it. So, um, Still involves like a boil kettle um, and basically you use what is like a big old like food grade nylon bag or whatever. You fill it with crushed grains, you steep it. Um, a true brewing bag is I guess a full volume setup. So where um, you're not going to do any sparging, you're just going to calculate your water to the fullest extent, all the strike water you're going to need. There's no, you know, you don't have a hot liquor tank. You just have a fucking mash ton that also doubles as a boil kettle and you fucking you fill it all the way up with all the water you're gonna need. Calculate for water loss due to like grain soaking it up. You remove the grain bag. You let it drain a little bit. Toss that shit. Get rid of your grain, and then you start your boil right then and there. Like then you're done, full volume. Um, I know that there are other methods out there where people are fucking you know sparging their bags and squeezing their bags and shit like that to make do with like smaller equipment and stuff. But I guess from what I've seen online, there's like. This no true Scotsman bullshit of like, you're, you're no too, true fucking kangaroo rider or some shit like that unless you do a full volume fucking brew in a bag. So, but I don't know how, you know, that, that how much credence to lend to that. But for the purposes of this, I'm going to ride with it. Um, so, uh, so for full volume brew in a bag, um, the first pro I got is, uh, and this is my experience, um, at low, you know, at, at small batches, it, you know, at small batch quantities, we're talking like five gallons or less. This is probably the cheapest and easiest setup to go with. Like this is ideally for guys who don't have a lot of space or gals. I know there's some gal brewers out there. I'm not sexist. Please do not cancel me. Can't really cancel me. I don't really, I don't really fuck around with social media or anything, but, uh, but please, yeah, I'm fine with ladies brewing. Okay. I'm actually all for it, all right? My lady helps me out when I brew sometimes. She hates it when I talk about beer, and that's why I have to do it in a microphone. But sometimes she helps me brew. It's pretty cool. Guys, get your ladies in on helping you fucking brew beer. It's pretty tight. Um, But anyway, this is probably the easiest and cheapest setup to get into. This is like full-on realistically if you're just like uh, if you're just living in an apartment and you you can't afford to like have all the bullshit and like you don't have a garage like you barely got a parking spot and like you're trying to figure out how to be able to do shit on a stovetop 
you could realistically do five gallon batches on a stove top as long as you got a you know a decently powerful stove and you know you could kind of do some workarounds and stuff like that get yourself like an eight gallon kettle with a ball valve on it and uh you know like a smaller like three to five gallon kettle three to five gallon pot and you could sparge with that and then boom you're brewing beer stovetop and you could be doing five gallon batches fucking super easy and super cheap um so yeah like i said at like when you're at small in the smaller amounts if you're brewing five gallons or less this is probably the cheapest and easiest way to go so there that's a pro on the flip side getting into the cons uh, on the flip side scaling up can be dicey especially at full volume like um if you're if you're going for that full volume fucking shit like the true brew in a bag um you're looking at like if you want to be able to do 10 gallons you got to get you know I, the kind of the rule of thumb for a full volume brew in a bag is like however much you want to make you need to have double the capacity in all of your kettles and all of your equipment to be able to do that you know, I suppose in your single kettle because you'd only really have one. Um, but you need to, so if you want to brew 10 gallons, you need to have a 20 gallon kettle. That's a big fucking kettle. And if you want a nice one, you're looking at probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 300 bucks, you know, like, so, I mean, it's pricey and it gets, you know, and then, um, you know, and then you're looking at like, you know, if you're doing 10 gallon batches on a full volume, uh, brewing a bag, you know, you throw the, you know, say you throw on the lighter side of a 20 gallon bag or on a, on a 10 gallon batch rather sorry on the lighter side you're looking at like maybe like 18 20 pounds of grain and fuck you know like the the amount of water absorption that all that grain is going to get you you're looking at 18 20 pounds before it's even absorbed any water it's going to absorb probably a little over three times its weight in water and then you're going to try and yank that shit out of that kettle all awkwardly while it's like while it's like dripping back into the kettle and you're looking at you're going to try and pick up like 70 pounds of fucking you know and it's like so you're probably looking at you you know you're still looking at a dedicated space to do this in if you're at the you know at at higher at higher volumes you know like i said you're doing like 10 gallons or something like that you need kind of a dedicated space you're probably looking at propane with a heat you know propane heater and all that sort of shit propane burner rather um and then you're probably also looking at something like a pulley sort of hoist setup that you could like tie your bag up with on your brew kettle and then just lift it out of the kettle and let it drain. Because you need to suspend the bag in some way, shape, or form above that kettle and let it drain back in to get everything you, you know, get everything you want, you know, you need out of it. So it's like you need to be able to suspend the bag above the kettle for a period of time and i don't know about you but holding up 70 80 pounds of fucking soaking hot grain it 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 doesn't sound fucking tight and it's not something i want to try and do for an extended period of time (laughs) you know so um you know you kind of got to get into the weeds a little bit on that and kind of figure your figure your sort of find your own way on that you know maybe it's you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a million different workarounds, and if you're you know if you're the least bit creative, you can kind of figure it out. But it's just another hurdle to have to get over. And uh, but like I said, the 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 root of this con is like the scaling up can be kind of dicey if you're really shooting for that full volume brewing a bag. So uh, back up to pros for brewing a bag. A um, little less equipment, and it's easier cleaning. So I mean, in relation to three vessel i mean you just got there's less shit going on so there's less shit to clean um 
It's just, and there's less shit to store. It's just less stuff, period. And that's a pro. Um, Especially if you're, you know, you're not killing it space-wise and you're rocking a one-bedroom apartment or some shit. You got 400 square feet, but you want to make five gallons of beer, you know. That's kind of a big deal. You can tuck away the kettle in a, you know, corner closet somewhere or some shit. And, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, it's... You know, that, that's a pro. Let Just less shit to have to clean and store. That's just a, always a pro. Less shit, less clutter. Fucking just, it's just always tighter. It's plain and simple. Don't really need to spend more time on that one, I don't think. So back down to the cons. Um, with Brunabag, efficiency is almost always lower. Um, when you're doing full volume, single infusion, no sparging, um, for the sake of convenience and expediency, you're sort of sacrificing efficiency. Um, so you're not really getting all the sugars you could be into your beer. Um, so I guess if you're a stickler for like saving, you know, saving money on ingredients, or if you're a stickler for like you, you kind of like the challenge of, of uh, you know, kind of getting every last little bit out of your grain, you know, and making the best, you know, and just being an efficiency wizard. Um, you know, maybe that's kind of a con for you. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a con regardless because that means, I mean, you chase it all the way back. If your efficiencies are low, then that means you got, and you're not going to do anything about it like process-wise, then that means the only way to solve it is either A, deal with low efficiency and thus lower strength beer, or B, you need to add more grain to make up for the fact that your efficiency is low. And if you add more grain to make up for the fact that your efficiency is low, then that means... You're spending more money on grain for every beer, and then also your fucking bag's gonna be heavier, dude. That that beer that should have only needed fucking you know that ten gallon batch that should have only needed twenty gallon or twenty pounds of grain now all of a sudden needs twenty four pounds of grain because your efficient your efficiency is dog shit because you're not doing a sparge, and you know and you're trying to get that six percent fucking you know APA going you know or whatever it is and so I mean. At the end of the day, that that's just the way it is. I mean, it's it's give and take, man. That's fucking karma chameleon, and uh, the universe balances itself out. If it's an easier process, you got to sacrifice somewhere, you know. So that's a that's kind of a con. If efficiency is a big deal to you, if it's not a big deal to you, then fuck it, you know, whatever. Like if you want to, like you take a recipe offline, it says it should be six and a half, and and then you do a you do a full volume brew in a bag and all of a sudden it's only five or something like that and you don't give a fuck, then yeah, more power to you. But to some people that matters and I'm kind of one of them. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter as long as it tastes good. But it also, the efficiency is a nice sort of metric for how good you are at what you're doing. So um, it's fun to know that you're killing it sometimes. So flipping it back up. Uh, Brewing a bag pros, I would say just at the end of the day, it's the most intuitive and streamlined process as far as that setup and all these setups are concerned. It's the most just efficient and intuitive. It's like at the end of the day, you're just making beer tea and then you bring that tea to a boil and add some hops and you're good to go. It's just a really, really intuitive process. You get rid of the sparge, you get rid of a lotter. Um, cleaning the bags isn't that big of a deal. You know, it's actually pretty easy and all that sort of shit. It's like I said, it's just, and it's a real quick and down and dirty way and easy way to get people into brewing beer. And if that's going to get more people into it and more people liking it, then I'm all for it. 
And I think having done having done it, it's probably the one that I would show people that if they were on the fence about it, it's like, no, look how easy this dip, you know, here you go, we're making beer tea. All right, super fucking tight, super easy. It's it's just that cool. Uh, oh yeah. <clears throat> and then the the last con I got for brewing a bag. Um at the end of the day, you kind of still need the same equipment as you do for three vessel just maybe a little less of it um if you're doing full volume that is i suppose you let need less of it if you're not doing full volume then you pretty much i mean you just need like one less vessel to do brew in a bag if you uh you know if if you're not doing full volume because you still if you're you still need to sparge and shit then if that's if that's how you're going to handle it I suppose there are some workarounds you could kind of roll with, like I don't do a couple electric kettles or uh, tea kettles or something like that, and use those for your hot water to rinse your grains or something. Or, I mean, I don't know. There's workarounds for everything, but at the end of the day, you kind of still need a lot of the same equipment, um, unless you're doing full volume, and then in which case you just need way bigger equipment, unless you're pretty much stuck doing five gallon batches. That's the thing. That's the big deal here. It's like if you want to brew more, then it's you know. You may want to just think about getting into three vessel, but, uh, yeah, you know, once you've scaled up at the end of the day, it it may just make more sense to do three vessel. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, I don't know why that's a con so much as it is just more of a word of advice. I mean, it's not a con if you're only brewing five gallons or less, but it's definitely a a con. It's definitely a con if you're trying to go full volume and do 10 gallons, You, you know, it might just be easier just to get into the three vessel at that point. Um, I don't know. Mileage may vary on that one. Uh, let me get a good old sip. I don't know. This beer's kind of, I feel like this beer's making my nose run a little bit. Kind of clogging me up a tiny bit. I don't know. Does anybody else get that? Does anybody else get that fucking shit where you take, you, you drink a beer and then all of a sudden like your, your sinuses clog just a tiny bit. You get that weird, that, that sort of thing going on. Just, just a tiny bit. I get it with beer. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Usually goes away after a little while, but I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Anyway, all right. And then the third and final, and the new kid on the block, and it's really making waves. Um, and it's becoming. I mean, it's becoming way, way, way more common to see this shit these days. It's becoming way more popular than the. It's so quickly becoming really popular. Is the is the electric all in ones? Um, you know. Uh, I think the first one to kind of hit the hit the scene with this is uh, was the grandfather probably I don't know five six years ago at this point it's not that it's not that old at all um, the grandfather was the first one um, it's a pretty just crack my knucks oh oh no nothing there but um, um, essentially these things these all in one setups um, the they're basically brewing a bag except for they replace the bag with a basket and then you take and then you pull the basket out and then rest the basket on top of the unit itself let the basket drain do a sparge if you want to or if you or if you have the ability to do full volume from that you know from that it's just essentially it's just it's an electric it's a giant electric tea kettle that is a brew in a bag but replace the bag with a stainless steel basket and that's that's essentially it um and so I'll, I'll go through the pros and cons i suppose 
the first pro on these electric all-in-ones is a convenient single vessel. Um, I got to even put it in there. Convenient. Uh, less cleaning takes up less space. It's just a fucking, it's just, like I said, it's just super convenient. These things like everything you need kind of fits right inside of it. And, um, you're only cleaning one vessel and one basket and maybe some hosing or something like that for when you're transferring and all that sort of shit. Maybe like, but that's about it. Maybe a chiller or a pump or something like that. If you incorporate that shit, um, but at the end of the day, like, there's a lot less going on. There's a lot less to clean. Um, it's just hyper convenient um, with regard to that stuff. So, that, I mean, like, like as convenient as, like, a single kettle and, like, a bag and shit like that is, this, this ups the ante even more because the bag or basket is made to just fit right inside the kettle. And it's made, everything's just made to fit and be all one cute little vessel there and everything. So it's just convenient as all fucking get out, man. Super cool. First con I got. Um, almost no ability to scale past 10 gallons with these setups. Um, I've seen some, there's some of them out there that are, you know, that are 10 and a half gallons. Uh, I don't even think you could do 10 gallons on these. Maybe, may, I don't know. I don't think you could. I don't know. I might be fucking up here. There might be one out there where you could do 10 gallons, but I think these kettles max out at like 10 and a half gallon capacities. In which case, you wouldn't be able to do like a very long, violent, you know, you know, rolling boil because you'd end up boiling off. Like you, I mean, you would need that that at full volume. That would get you everything you need for your fermenters. So you wouldn't be able to do much of a boil at all if you did. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you wouldn't even be able to do ten gallons on these. Those ten and a half gallon vessels are really good for doing full volume five gallon setups. Um, but beyond that. I don't know if you could actually do 10 gallons on anything that's like commercially readily available for on the homebrew scale. I think just, so like I said, yeah, scaling up I, and I'm, I'm dumb. I should have did my research, but whatever. I'm already recording. Fuck it. I'm not so sure there's one out there that allows you to do a 10 gallon batch. So, so there's that and there might be, and I might be a dickhead and whatever, but even there, even so there's, it's probably extremely limited to your capacity oh I suppose, I suppose claw hammer fuck i'm stupid claw hammer's got one that you could do a 10 gallon batch on um shouts out to those guys but uh yeah i the your options are extremely limited i suppose let's change that your you know your ability to scale past 10 gallons is extremely limited put it that way boom there we go covered my ass i had to search my gourd for a minute i got her i'm on it <laughs> i got her but yeah so if you want to make 10 gallons of beer with these electric systems, you're kind of at a, you know, you're extremely limited. And when you're extremely limited, that means you are also extremely limited on your ability to shop around for cheaper shit. What you get is what you get. And if you want it, that's the price you're paying. So, all right, back up to the pros um, for all-in-one electrics. Uh, easy to use, easy to set up. Um, like I said, it's essentially brewing a bag, but electric. It's all push button shit. They're all extremely intuitive. They have all the controllers on them got a couple of buttons on off, temperature up, temperature down, set temperature, whatever you know. And then there's like a timer function on most of them that you can use to like, you know, I want my strike water to be ready when I wake up tomorrow morning, so I'll set it to turn on at four in the morning and start heating the water or some shit like that. 
and you know that's that's hyper convenient and everything's it's they're all very easy to use just kind of a plug and play setup and that's that's just just super simple um convenient and easy those are the first two fucking you know i suppose if it wasn't easy it wouldn't be very convenient so i, I don't know but those are the first two pros um next con this one's kind of a bugaboo too um get another good of that oh that user god that's good Anyway, um, the heating elements in these motherfuckers, they take forever, Sandlot forever, forever, they take forever to reach temps. If you start at room temperature and you're trying to get to strike, I hope you fucking don't die before it gets to strike, dude, because it's going to take you fucking like two or three hours. Well, I shouldn't say two or three hours. I don't, two hours probably really is not in the question for some of this shit. I mean, it takes a while to get this shit heated up. So it's, you know, these things take a while. Even at the, you know, you can get these. There's a lot of systems that are like, you can wire them up for 240 volt. Um, I know the Anvil Foundry one can go 240. Um, I, most of them can go 240. Um, especially if you know anything about, you know, wiring shit up for electricity and whatever and shit like that. But, um but yeah, these fuckers are, even at 240 volt options, even at twice the fucking voltage than a standard, you know, American outlet, they take a long time. You know, propane puts this shit to shit to shame, and I'd imagine even a stovetop could compete with how long this fucking shit takes. You know, it's, the convenience is outweighed by how long, but I mean, if, you know, if you're fucking... If you're a industrious, productive motherfucker, you find other shit to do. Or I suppose you read a book. I don't know. Fucking podcasts or, I don't know, start drinking. I, I mean, you can do it. But don't drink till the boil. But anyway, they take a long time. They take a long, like, you take a long time to get to strike. And then you're mashing in. You mash for however long you're mashed for. Half hour, hour, whatever. And then take as long as it took for you to get to strike. And that's how long it's going to fucking take you to get to a boil. You know, it's, fuck, it's, it's pretty rough. I mean, even a hyper-efficient Bruta. And the the bitch of it is, too, is how long this shit takes. You're adding to that downtime of how long it takes to brew beer. And you can't, like, well, all right, I'll be fucking tight as shit and I'll start cleaning stuff. It's like, no, all your shit's right there, man. That's a single vessel. It's like the thing you need to clean is still in use and you can't use it until you're done. So you're fucked. It's like you just got to find something else to do. That kind of sucks. I kind of don't like that a lot. So... Unless you got a ton of time on your hands and you're totally fine with adding a couple hours to your brew day. Um, you know, like, I mean, and it's, you know, it's not a big, it's not that big of a deal, I suppose. But it is a motherfucker. I'll, I'll say that. Back up to the pros. Um, you got several options out there for these, uh, for these all-in-one electric setups. I mean, fucking, there's... You know, obviously you got the Grainfather, you got the Brew's Edge Mash and Boil, you got the Anvil Foundry, you got the fucking Robo Brew. I mean, there's there's all sorts of them, and they all come in at different price points, and you can get kind of decide what one. You know, there's all different bells and whistles that can come with them and shit like that, and you know they all have various options and fucking what do you want you want a one with a built-in pump do you want with an external pump do you want one that comes with a chiller do you want one with a plate chiller do you want one with a blah 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 and then you can get into the weeds really fucking hard with all these and there's you know it used to be back in the day it was just like oh you got one of those oh that's a grandfather cool you spent a grand on it cool 
You know, like nowadays, grandfather's still chilling out at like nine hundred or a thousand dollars, and it's like I have a mash and boil. The Brewer's Edge mash and boil does the same shit with the pump. Got it for like three hundred bucks on a Black Friday sale. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna fuck. Like, who is still buying the grandfather? People who hate money. That's who's. That's who is still buying the grandfather. The grandfather should come with. You should be able to do ten gallons on it, or should come with a goddamn glycol chiller or something like that for a thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? For a six and a half or seven and a half gallon vessel or whatever it is. I'm sure it's really nice. I'm talking a lot of shit here, but that's a lot. And you had the, you know, it's like you guys, you guys had the, the market cornered being the first ones there. It's like shouts out to you guys for fucking paving the way, you know, showing everybody like, Hey, this is possible. But like, come on, man, everybody's making them now and they're making them cheaper than you are. Fucking quit it with that shit. Oh man, um, but yeah, that's the, I I just dogged on the grandfather so hard, for, but it's mainly because it's fucking oh yeah I'm gonna take out a, I'm gonna take out a second mortgage on my house so that I can fucking get a grandfather yeah uh, fuck that just get you know the Anvil Foundry is a is a great one or the Mash and Boil is fucking awesome there there's so many other options that pretty much do the exact same thing for like a third of the price so um, unless you just really want the grandfather I mean by all means. <laughs> But yeah, that's a cool. That's a that's that's a that's a, a pro. Is that you have? There's several options out there at several different price points, and there's all sorts of different packages and bells and whistles and different shit that you can get with them. Um, and then the cons. Uh, the last con I got: the smaller models still require a sparge. You get the smaller guys, the you know six and a half to seven and a half gallon vessels. Um, you still you're still gonna have to sparge, dude. You can't do a full volume in that. You're still gonna have to have another kettle, and you have you have to have another heating source, and you got to be able to put that pour that water over that grain when you lift that basket out. So I mean that's that's just another kind of hidden cost in there that they don't tell you about. But at the end of the day, if you're just trying to get some water hot, I mean you can just get three four gallons of water hot in you know some crappy fucking stock pot that you can find or some shit like that that you're just going to use for getting water hot and at the end of the day 30 40 bucks i mean that's not that's not that huge of a deal but it's just one of those things just one of those hidden costs that they don't tell you about that you're still going to need to do a sparge in order to get up to a good boil volume on the smaller guys um and then I got one more pro, then I got a con on this one. I couldn't think of another con on these electric setups, but I got one more pro. Um, you, There's more than one use for these because of, here's, here's the pro, um, you got more passive hot side control. Like I said earlier, you can like set it and forget it kind of shit. Like you just set it and forget it like but you can just set it to like start you know if like the i like what i was saying earlier i was pissing him on about how long it takes to heat up you can kind of circumvent that and like set it to start heating up while you're still sleeping and then when you wake up it'll be at temperature or something and you'll shave off some time that way you know or you know uh the other thing you can do is like you have pat you know very passive hot side control so it's like great for kettle souring if you want to do a kettle sour you can set, you know, like you get to the point in your brew where it's, you add your lactobacillus or some shit like that. And, and or yeah, your lactobacillus, your good belly pills or fucking some yogurt or whatever the fuck you, you add to your beer to make that happen. And uh, add your lactobacillus and then fucking you need to keep it at like 90 degrees for like a day in order to get that pH down. 
you can do that and you can just set it, you know, set it and forget it and then come back, get yourself a pH reading. Oh, hell yeah, I'm right there, dudes. And then fucking just finish, you know, bring it up to a boil and finish out your day. And then all of a sudden, boom, you got a kettle sour. You know, it's that's fucking super tight about these systems is that basically you can brew styles of beer very quickly that you can't on those other systems. Um, and that's really cool. Uh, you know, that's that is essentially the reason I got mine is to be able to do that at some point. I still haven't done it yet um, because I'm lazy, but I'm gonna. And I don't really like sours that much, but I'm gonna brew one just to say I did it. Um, but anyway, and also there's stupid shit you can do with it too. Like you can use it as like a sous vide machine. If you want to like sous vide cook some veggies or some meat or some shit like that, perfect vessel for it set it and forget it (laughs) like it's you can you can do that it's a like there's multiple uses for this thing you could do a fucking crawfish boil with it the basket is great for for that sort of thing there's several different things you could do with these systems that they don't really advertise but you totally could like and that's just a total added bonus to these things and uh they don't talk about it very much but you but you super could you could have a fucking crawfish boil and then turn around the next day and fucking brew a beer on it. That's fucking super tight. That's fucking awesome. But anyway, so that's pretty much all I got for pros and cons of these systems. I think if I'm being real here, at the end of the day, wow, this one went long. Fuck. Holy shit. This might be. This is gonna be our first hour episode. It's gonna be the first hour. Holy fucking tits. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, what was I saying? I think at the end of the day, though, with these three systems and these three setups, um, the the thing that's really going to determine which one you should go with, it's it's like it's like going back to that first episode I did with the fucking really bad audio quality. <laughs> Sorry, everybody out there. I know it was shitty. I went and listened back to it. I thought I kind of had it figured out. Totally didn't. Not an audio engineer. So fucking get off my back about it. Anyway, um... But yeah, this shit is like, um, it's pretty much determined by, I guess, what your level of investment you want to be, how much of this shit you want to brew, and how much space do you have. You know, how much dedicated space do you want to have for brewing and shit like that. Um, And those those three questions you got to ask yourself again, you know, and then use this information I just gave you. And that'll sort of, if you're the type of guy that's just trying to brew on his stove in his apartment or gal, just trying to brew on the stove in the apartment, maybe brewing bags, way to go. If you if you especially if you're trying to do it on the cheap. If you got a you got a little bit of extra money and you want to get into the, you know, maybe just you got a little extra money and time and you don't mind fucking or maybe you could be proactive and circumvent the time aspect in some way shape or form there. Um maybe go electric and get the electric setups and shit like that. Um Maybe you got a garage and maybe you kind of like the pageantry that's involved in just sort of the process and all that sort of stuff kind of gets your goat and gets your goat. That's probably the wrong use of that phrase, but maybe that's the thing that trips your trigger and you, uh, you know, you, you just kind of love the process and you like doing it the old school way and you're just, you know, you, you, you like doing it that way. And so you go three vessel. You know, I kind of get romantic about the three vessel setup. I love that fucking electric setup for all the extra shit I can do with it that I can't do with a three vessel. And brewing a bag, I'm just kind of over. I don't really, you know, I'm set up to do it all sorts of other ways. So brewing a bag is very cool. 
very quick and very easy, and you can do it super on the cheap. So so props to those those Aussies for fucking unlocking that cheat code. But um, but yeah, it's really just about answering those questions about yourself to figure out what it is that you're really you know what so what your situation is, what you're capable of, and how much. Um, investment financially and work and space wise you want to you want to make and how much of a diy guy are you too really i mean there's there's infinite you know i shouldn't say infinite but there's several variables that you can fuck around with to try and save money save time you know customize fucking all this sort of shit and so um to say that there's a one-size-fits-all thing for any of this is bullshit, and everybody's system is their own, and nobody knows their system like themselves. Even if it's one you got out of a box and just plugged it in and went with it, I guarantee that you know my mash and boil with pump is different than some other dickhead down the blocks mash and boil with pump. Even though we both, you know, we got them from the same manufacturer or whatever, I guarantee mine's a little different. Fuck, my thermometer's all fucked up on mine. I think I said earlier it's 15 degrees off, but I just kind of work that into whatever I'm doing when I'm working with it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that's what I got for that. That's all I got. Um, golly gee willikers, I'd really like it if you guys would rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is you're listening to this show on. Um, I enjoy the hell out of doing this. Fuck, an hour went by so quick on this motherfucker. Or damn near an hour. We're not quite at an hour, but damn near. Um, I love talking beer. I love talking all this shit. We're probably going to get some guests on sooner or later in this motherfucker. But for now, it's just me talking to you. And by you, I mean this goddamn microphone I'm staring at right now. But uh, but you, the listener. So if you like it, if you like what I'm doing... Um, rate review subscribe follow whatever the fuck it is on the app that you're listening on thank you very much for doing that improves visibility for anybody else who might want to see the show um or see the show hear the show whatever um and uh yeah i'd appreciate it got an email yo-yo brewing all one word at gmail.com um hit me up tell me the beer i'm drinking stupid tell me the beer i'm making stupid tell me i'm wrong about brewing a bag tell me i'm wrong about three vessel tell me whatever tell me i'm the tightest guy there ever was tell me i'm not funny whatever um just hit me up on there if you got questions concerns give me something to talk about while i'm on the fucking doing the show or some subjects or some shit like that anything i don't give a fuck it would just be cool to know that there's people out there listening to this so thanks in advance for that um, but yeah, I think that will do it. That about, I think that about does it. Prost, everybody. Prost.